Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. And we are live. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Today is 5th of September. It's getting close to crimbo time. Hope you're keeping well. Coming up on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about what constitutes a friend, a friendship. How do you define it? Plus, handshakes, a thing of the past, or can we keep them going? And also this week, we'll be taking a trip down memory lane and looking at a few of the best toys from the 90s, including the Furby. But before we go, I um, wanted to say a few things. Um, As I mean, before we go, as in before we get stuck into the podcast, um... I had an argument in my head the other day about somebody who walked out in front of me in a shop. And it really bothered me. I was walking down the street, minding my own business. This person comes out of a shop with their bags of shopping. That's fine. You're getting the shopping in early. Brilliant. You're getting ahead of the game. I like it. You're ahead of the curve. Even though there was plenty of people out shopping during the week in various towns across the country, I might say. But that's that's great. You know, it's nice to be out doing a bit of shopping too. It's nice, nice, exciting time for everyone, really, because you see people who you haven't seen in years might be back for the Christmas and all that other stuff that goes with it. So I had nothing against this lady that walked out of the shop, but she walked out in front of me and it was as if, you know, like when you're driving a car down the road and then there's someone coming out of a side lane, they're going to wait for you to pass. But she walks straight out in front of me and then she proceeds to slow down in front of me. And I was just raging inside of me. I was like... What if I just walk around her and then I'll slow down? And then I was like, no, maybe I should just say something. And then I was like, no, come on, it's Christmas. And then I had this argument in my head with this person. And then, you know, nothing became of it. And we actually get, we got to the um, traffic lights at the same time. And we kind of looked at each other and was like, how are you doing? How are you getting on? And that was the height of it, really. So um, another thing I wanted to quickly uh, touch on was Ronaldo. I was looking at there some of his records that he's, been breaking recently and it's absolutely ridiculous the amount of goals this Portuguese wizard has got for Manchester United and all the teams he played for Juventus uh, you got uh, Portugal and obviously you got FC Porto I'm just going to pull it up here Ronaldo goals um, stats we'll say right and the stats are just an absolute mind melt 801 goals. It's official. Cristiano Ronaldo's two goals for Manchester United against Arsenal have taken him over the 800 goal mark in his illustrious career, making it making him, excuse me, one of the top goal scorers ever to play football behind I believe some Brazilian fella, I don't know what his name is, and also obviously Pele, the Brazilian fella who everyone knows about. But apparently Pele got loads of his goals in unofficial games or like the... They were just like, you know, he might have scored five goals in an old Sunday league game, we'll say. But Ronaldo scored top goals with the cameras watching him. And that's why some people believe that Cristiano Ronaldo is, in fact, the top goal scorer in the world. Whatever he is, he's a sexy man. He's got loads of money and he's doing really well for himself. And he speaks Portuguese, Spanish, English. He probably has got a massive willy. That doesn't matter. I don't care. What I'm saying is congrats to him and his prolonged um, career, I, sh- I should suppose is what I'm trying to say. But I've seen an interesting video about Ronaldo during the week and it was, he was lying outside on some grass and uh, some cameramen came over and they're like, uh, Christiana, what are you doing? 
And he goes, oh, I lie outside every day for uh, 20 minutes. The sun is good for my vitamin D. And I was like, geez, that's a, that's a very interesting thing he's saying there. I never kind of, you know, some days you wouldn't go outside. But here's Ronaldo sitting outside with the top off. No wonder he's in great shape, getting his body filled up with all this vitamin D. So I went on to um, Amazon. I'm not proud of it, but I did it. And I started looking for vitamin D because apparently it's it's the next best thing you can have to the sun. Of course, there's no substitute for the big fella in the sky, that hot ball of molten fire and gas or whatever the hell it is. God only knows. But I went on to Amazon and I was looking for some vitamin D. Couldn't find any. So... What I'm trying to say is that obviously it's better to go outside and big shout out to Ronaldo for not only being a great goal scorer, but for being a bloody great role model too. And I believe that he should have won the Ballon d'Or or whatever the hell you call it over there in France. And they're always making up these awards over there, like the Michelin, the Michelin star. This is all propaganda. Ronaldo should have won that. Lionel Messi is a great footballer, don't get me wrong, but he should have came fourth right behind uh, Beppe and what's the other lad? You know the other fellow I'm talking about, the, the lad for Liverpool. But um, Salah, there you go, Salah, he was class. And then Ronaldo, number one. And that's the way it should have went. But of course, they didn't seem to like Ronaldo's vibe. That's fine. Doesn't bother me. Moving on, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I was looking at his work schedule there during the week. And I've been in serious awe of Dwayne The Rock Johnson for pretty much all my life. Every time I look at him, I just think, wow, what a specimen of a man. He's six foot four. He's an ex-NFL footballer, all-American footballer. He, um, amazing wrestler. And, you know, going through his career, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, a.k.a. Dwayne Johnson. At the beginning of his career, he, was, he wasn't really liked too much. People didn't seem to like him that much. But then he started playing the heel and he started kind of, you know, uh, playing a bit more of a persona. And he'd, he'd start saying, if you smell what The Rock is cooking. And I'll never forget... Myself and my brother used to play this game, WWE WWE Raw, for, I believe, the PlayStation 1 or 2, maybe. I forget now. but And it was SmackDown as well. And it was this... I remember watching all the old videos of wrestling back in the day. And there was one quote that I'll never forget. And basically, mankind is fighting five fellas. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson bursts through some doors. And he goes, First it was five on one. Now it's five on two. And he puts up the eyebrow and he goes, if you smear what the rock is cooking. And then he walks out to the ring in the middle of the ring. The whole crowd are going absolutely nuts. Absolutely, the place is on fire. American, I'm just looking at it going, I want to be in America right now with all these people. And I want to be in the middle of them. Anyways, Dwayne The Rock Johnson gets into the ring. Mankind is stuttering all over the place. He's hanging on by a thread. And I think it's Triple H. And I think it's The Undertaker. And I think it's fucking Rikishi. But Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he does the, the um, what's you call that movie? He does um, uh, the rock bottom. He does the rock bottom on the boys. Rikishi gets it. The Undertaker gets it. And then fucking your man, Triple H, comes towards him. He gets it. The three boys get the people's elbow in the middle of the ring. The elbow support comes off. You guys know what I'm talking about. Dwayne The Rock Johnson take o- takes over the wrestling world. And he conquered that. Then he got into acting and of course now we know Dwayne The Rock Johnson is one of the most successful men that has ever existed in this world. Ever. Ever. He's in thousands of movies. He's got I think 10 movies to come out before Christmas. He's involved in over 50 charities. He's got his own super drink. 
He's got his own superfood. He's got his own tequila. He's got a child. He's got a, a beautiful family. He's got probably a massive woolly. Now, that's only speculation. I've seen no articles about it. I have checked. And I'm just guessing with the way the cookie crumbled for that fella. Let's just say he probably has a massive flute. And again, I don't care. I'm just saying it. Like, that's probably... But then again, you know, with the way the world is, there's always you've always got to have your yin and your yang. So sometimes I'd like to think that he has a small willy. But anyways, we'll move on. And Adele, an audience with. Yes, folks, Adele, the famous singer from England, had an audience with during the week where she sang out some of her latest crackers. And of course, we know that Adele is one of the most talented British artists to ever live. Um, and one of her songs... I forget which one it was, but it was, I think, Easy On Me. And she was singing it and she was looking at the crowd as she was singing it. It cuts to the crowd and the place is absolutely flittered with these cool celebrities. And no one cooler than Dua Lipa in the crowd just jiving away to Adele. And that was nice to see because, you know, Adele is one of the world's best-selling music artists and she's got over 120 million records sold and she's just an all-round Seems to be like a nice... I've never met the woman and I'd love to meet her. So Adele, I've heard you listen to the podcast. Big shout out to yourself. Um, Been listening to your album there on YouTube. Really enjoying it and wish you the very best of Christmas and not only Christmas, but the future that's just around the corner. Now, I started watching this show called... What was it called again? Let me see. Um, I have it up here on the old computer. Now, the reason why I'm referencing the computer so much is because the other day, right, I bought a monitor in, uh, I think it was Harvey Norman, and it's opened up my eyes to a complete new world. You know the way you'd see people on their computers, and I used to always have a small screen, and I couldn't see what was going on, and I was moving stuff, and I had loads of tabs opened, and I didn't know if I was coming or going. But now that I have this beautiful monitor here in front of me, uh, it really has opened up my world, but I'll tell you the name of the show I was watching. It was called, it's it's on Netflix, and it's called This Way Up. Yes, folks, it's called This Way Up and it's a show where it's it's a show that was created by Ashleen B and a lady called Sharon Horgan. And it's on Netflix and basically it's about a woman who's knocking around the city and her sister is knocking around the city as well. But the sister goes off on a date or I think or she's going off with her husband somewhere. And then the Ashleen B character, she has to mind the child, I think, in the house. And, you know, she's enjoying the city, but she's not enjoying the city. It's a great old series. I'll I'll definitely give it a recommendation. I'm going to give that five stars out of five this week, just for the day that's in it. Right, folks, before I keep talking shite, here's a message from our sponsors. I want to thank Golden Bake for their continued support. Your delicious jam buns continue to rock my world, and I love them. Thank you. And I want to give a big shout out to BCR Construction. They're still looking for uh, tradespeople and especially at the moment, uh, Sparkies. So if you, if you want to get into that line of work over the Christmas, uh, check out the link in the bio. And also, I want to thank everyone on Patreon for supporting this podcast. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. And your support throughout the year and throughout the years is not unseen. And I love it so much. And thank you.
Now, what constitutes a friendship? The definition of friend is a person who always has your back in good times and bad. It means support and that you never have to be alone. According to the dictionary, friend refers to people who share mutual affection and interests. Well, that's what it says on the internet anyways, whether that's true or not. But, um, you know, I was just, the reason why I'm talking about this is because, you know, with lockdown, I heard a lot of people saying, and myself included, that um, it was a hard time to meet up with people because, you know, obviously with the restrictions and everything else, and I know that's boring talk, but you don't want to be hearing about that. But um, I suppose friendships, in some ways, you didn't get to see your friends. Like I have a few friends who live abroad and I haven't seen them in two or three years. So those kind of things happen, you know, and it's same scenario for plenty of people out there. So I suppose in that way, that's why I'm talking about this. And I guess uh, what I'm trying to say is that you know, in life, you kind of go through different phases of friends, like you have your national school friends that you hang out with. Sometimes you might know one or two of those when you're going into your next school. I I stayed, I, I'm still friends with a fella that I, actually two people now that I think about it, that I've known since maybe I was three years of age, which is crazy when you think about it. But then, obviously, then there's people in national school who you, you'd see now and you're like, how are you doing? But that'd be the height of it. Or else, you know, you go into secondary school and then you're in a different class, maybe with the friend that you went in with. And then you have to start making new friends. And I'll never forget going from my national school to my secondary school. And my national school was tiny. There was only maybe 13 people in it. And I was going in with another two or three people maximum. But everybody else that was in the school on the first day of the secondary school, they all had at least 10 or 20 friends. So I was like, oh, God, how is a man going to try and fit in here? And you had the different kind of gangs or cliques. Now, they weren't like the blood or the crips or anything like that. It was just lads from different towns and villages. You know the crack yourself. But you'd build up friends then and then, you know, you'd spend a lot of time with them. And then maybe after that, then you might move away. I moved to Galway and then I was hanging out with a few friends from school in Galway. And then you'd meet a few new lads from Galway, you know, like from Barna, we'll say, or maybe a couple of lads out there from Salt Hill. Like a fella called G. Kelly, who I used to uh, work with in lifestyle sports of Galway. Don't know why I'm telling you that, but he was a nice fella. And basically throughout life, there's so many, you know, uh, different uh, periods of friendships, I suppose. But I was reading about it there during the week anyways, and it was saying that there's three different kinds of friendships. And there's a friendship of utility. It could be a work friendship. Maybe you know someone from work and you like each other's company when you're at the desk or maybe if you're standing there talking to each other then there's the friendship of pleasure and those are the kind of friends whose company you enjoy hanging out with maybe you like to go down the town for a BLT with a couple of friends or a pint or two and finally there's the friendship of the good based on mutual respect and admiration this takes longer to build but they're said to be more powerful similar values and similar goals Jesus that's a good one and I suppose that'd be the likes of, you know, a friend that you've known all your life and you get on just and it starts no matter when you see them and no matter how long you don't see them for, you can sort of reconnect and get back onto the same page again. And it's a very solid friendship. Um, but and, you know, it's different for everybody. Everyone has different views of it anyways. But um, yes, yeah, one of the people that I know from from since I was about three years of age, I actually met him there again a few times during there. Now, I've seen him plenty of times anyways before that, but. You know, throughout the years, you'd he'd be going with different friendship groups and so would I be. But then it's strangely in the last few years again now, we've sort of started to kind of hang out a good bit more. And it's it's a strange feeling, but it's a nice feeling. It's kind of like going back to your childhood days and you've got a lot of references that you can talk to him about or her, you know, whatever. 
Um, and, you know, you can reference things that only you two would know from a very, uh, what would seem like bygone period of your old life. Um, but yeah, it was nice. That's just a nice thing I thought I'd talk about this week. Um, and some people are best friends with their cousins. I always found that I could never, like, I, I had very good friendships with my cousins, but I'd never seen them enough to become friends with them. But I always was kind of a bit jealous of people who were either very good friends with their cousins or very good friends with their family members, like their brothers or the sisters. Now, the older I got, the more I, I'm friendships with, with my uh, brothers and sisters. But, you know, like some people, you'd see them hanging out all, all the time, like two brothers in town. I'll never forget these two lads. They used to walk into town. They were both about, um, I think, they were in their mid-twenties when everyone was doing the Leaving Cert in school. And they both of them had like kind of like spiky kind of red hair. And they were both about the same build, even though there's about two or three years between them. And they used to roll up their, their shirts and they had really, really big biceps. And these two boys would come into school every day. And if one of them got in trouble, the other one would get in trouble. If one of them got pushed around, you can be guaranteed the other one was coming down to push you around. And I'll never forget, they came into school one day and they had these leather jackets on them. And it was the last day of the year, so they were looking to cause a bit of mischief. And I remember they ran up to these two lads and just started pushing them around anyways. And these other two lads actually were twins as well. And they were also best friends. They were called the, um, the I think they were called the O'Malley Dreamers because these two lads, they'd sit in class and they'd just be looking out the window all day. So anyways, the four of them started wrestling and everyone stood around going, go on, lads, go on. And then the, the principal came down anyways and kicked them all up the arse. And said, what, how can, you, how can you argue with your best friend? And they all started crying and started hugging each other. And everyone had a, this very sort of, uh, what's the word, uh, prophetic moment where we're like, Jesus, maybe, maybe you can be friends with your brother. So that evening, I'll never forget it, I went home to my brother and, I was, and we were chatting away. I said to him, um, we must hang out more often. So we started hanging out then all the time. But then people in town were like, have you lads got no other friends, have you? So then we just kind of stopped hanging out then, but... We sort of hang out all the time now, and it's you know it's great. It's great to uh, to be close to family members. Um, some people say friendships is like having someone to talk to, share a bag of chips with, and listen to the stories. Somebody texted me in that one. Definitely, yeah, it's nice to be able to have a friend where you can just you know have a good conversation with them and just shoot the breeze, talk absolute shite, talk real stuff, and not feel like you have to sort of put up a, a barrier or sort of any. Um, like you don't have to be pretending to be a certain way. You can really be yourself. So that's something that uh, that's very, very valuable. But a weird thing happens in your 30s. Your time seems to be taken up with random shite. Like you feel more guilty because you think everyone else is out there career chasing or having a family and you start feeling this guilt. So then this is what I found anyways, but maybe other people won't find this. But I found in my 30s, there's a bit of guilt going on there where I'm like, oh, I like if I'm just hanging out all the time and other people are working on their careers or they're starting families or they're building a big house, what am I doing? Like, why am I just knocking around people's houses saying, can I come in for a cup of tea? Or like call in for biscuits or just stop off for a coffee. And, you know, it's, I think it's nice to do that. I always loved the whole tradition of calling to someone's house drinking tea. But I suppose that when I got into my 30s, I started getting more guilty about it. Now I still do it. Don't get me wrong, I still do it. But obviously, with the way things were the last few years, you don't really get to call into people's houses as much as you once would have. But I've often been up to the likes of French Toast House and we have, I'd say, drank nearly in litres. I would say, you're talking four litres of tea each. And that's on top of biscuits, 
that's on top of cake, that's on top of sandwiches and that's on top of dinners. And that could be over the period of six hours, just, you know, lazing around the place. And I love that. That's something that I will never regret doing. And it was one of my favorite hobbies. But it seems like there's a bit of guilt in the air now. So you don't get to do those things as much as you used to. Or maybe I'm just very bad at managing my own time. Um, what do you think about that yourself? Now, we're going to move on to the next uh, part of this podcast. And basically, I was going to say, is the handshake gone? I don't know if they're going to be coming back anymore. Uh, it would be a sad sight as well if the handshake didn't come back because it's a piece of history there that you don't want to lose. And unless, of course, people can figure out some new way, maybe the fist pump. I, I'm kind of enjoying the fist pump. There's a lot less to do with that one. It's just a straight up, you close your fist and you pump it off somebody else. And there's no, there's no sort of intertwining your fingers with another person. That's what you, when you say it like that, it's kind of strange. And not only that is, but at the same time, you know, sometimes, you know, you might, you might be walking down the street, right? And you might just like shake someone's hand. Now you don't know where their hand has been. They don't know where your hand has been. You're just as bad. You're worse. Well, maybe you're not worse, but what I'm saying is like, sometimes, you know, you don't want to shake hands with someone. And you think, oh, maybe because they were picking their nose, you know, and that still happens. Trust me, I've seen it. But you have to also ask yourself, well, do you pick your nose? Because chances are you do. And no one's walking around this planet at the moment who hasn't picked their nose. So stop judging. And that's me judging. That's me projecting onto, onto someone because that's what I think. But um, am I saying I pick my nose? Yes, sometimes I do. But I mean, I'm not, I don't really. Let's not get into that. Basically, what I'm talking about here is the handshake. And I want to keep it. But... I think keep the fist pumps, keep the handshakes. Um, maybe we can add in something different. But I was reading there during the week as well about the history of the handshake. And it dates back to the 15th, 5th century BC, before the big man himself in Greece. And it was a symbol of peace showing that neither person was carrying a weapon. So you'd walk up to someone and say, hey, pass me over your hand there. You'd shake hands and that could be a clear definition that no one's got a gun or a knife. Then again, back in them days, probably was no knives any of their guns. So... Maybe it was a stone you'd have to be checking out for. But knights would shake the hand of others in an attempt to shake loose any hidden weapons. But then again, you got to do the two hands. So how would a knight walk up to someone? Like pe- people talk about knights like they were invincible. These lads were doing a lot of stupid stuff too. Like do you ever see those two horses that sort of run towards each other and the, the knights on the top have uh, pointed weapons? What's that all about? I mean, why would you just, why would you ride a horse, a beast, that's over 500 kg directly towards another fella who's got a feckin' big pointy stick who's trying to do you in. Why would you do that to yourself? Um, so I would always take whatever happened in medieval times with the knights with a big grain of salt because they weren't that smart at all. But um, that's where they reckon the original handshake um, came from. Um, and basically, the reason why I'm talking about this is because I haven't shook as many hands these last few years as I normally would have and I think everyone's in the same boat but sometimes you do shake a hand and you don't forget about it sometimes you'll only get the tips of their fingers and you'd be like that's not even a handshake you may as well have given me a wet biscuit and that's it's a, it's I don't know if it's a lack of respect or what is it but sometimes when someone shakes your hand and they put no effort into it you, you feel like saying to them, well why did you even bother why don't you just smile or why don't you just give me the fist pump if you weren't going to invest any bit of effort into this handshake, because it's important to get a good grip of their hand. You want to get the four fingers around their hand. You want to get a good feel around the outer carriage of their hand. And also, as some fellow was saying during the week to me on uh, on uh, Instagram, I think a bit of a tickle 
give it a bit of a tickle there in the middle and see what they're look at saying, you know, and obviously, like, don't do it, you know. Ask them first if you can tickle their hand, the palm of their hand. And if they say yes, tickle away. And you'd be surprised. It's quite an erogenous zone. That's only speaking from experience. I'm not saying you have to do that, but um, I am all in favour of the handshake. Let me know if you are. Now, we're going to move on finally to a trip down memory lane. Yes, folks, we're talking 90s presents for Christmas here now. And that music that you're listening to right now is from a TV show called Sweet Valley High. A huge TV show in the 90s where two girls went to this high school called Sweet Valley High. And it was pretty much one of the most popular TV shows of, I think it was the 90s. It was set in California and it was an American comedy drama series um, that was absolutely shite, to be honest. But everyone watched it back in the day. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is because I remember my sister, she was mad to get some Sweet Valley High merchandise. They used to have t-shirts and cups. And I remember having an argument with my sister saying, why do you want a cup of Sweet Valley High? And she was adamant that she wanted these cups. So we ended up getting the cups anyways. Um, I don't know where we got them because there was no internet back in them days. So it was kind of a, an unusual thing to get. But anyways, they got to the house. However, my parents swung it, they got to the house and we had two Sweet Valley High cups in the house. And simple times, but beautiful times. The cups long gone, long, sm- long smashed to bits now. Um, I believe they lasted till about February and then I think they might have fell or the tea was too hot or something like that or the faces on the outside of the cups melted off but I wanted to uh, get stuck in here now and talk about some of the the greatest presents we would have got in the 90s now nowadays it's PlayStation 5s or maybe it's not I don't know Uh, maybe it's it's more like uh, tech stuff like laptops computers uh, phones or clothes shoes runners all that kind of stuff Um, but back in the day this is the way I used to work it anyways. I'd get, I'd get, would be Secret Santa in the house, so you'd have to get something for someone. And then you might get an owl. When you were younger, you might get an owl surprise, and that'd be nice. And some of the surprises that people would have got over the year was number 10 on the list, is what I'm trying to say. Um, a Furby, which was this little kind of round doll. And it was, you could buy it in shops like uh, we had uh, Toy Master and Toys R Us. And those kind of shops. And you go in there and you buy a little Furby. And I think you used to feed it. Um, and it was like an app as well. Like So there was a little digital screen on there. So you'd have to feed this Furby and hang out with them for the day. And people got really fed up with that lad. Because, you know, if you, if you left him for long enough, he'd be kind of, he'd be at you. He'd be annoying you. And he'd be flashing in the corner. And then someone would say to you, you're not feeding that feckin' Furby. And you're like, no, I'm not fucking sick of him. And then the Furby would end up just getting turned off and... Probably put in the attic, never ever to be seen again. Um, I will admit, I put my hand up, I owned a few Furbies over the years and I don't know what I was thinking. I just want to apologise to, don't get me wrong, they're lovely toys and I'm sure there's plenty of people out there collecting them now. But I just don't see the point of them. I just don't. I mean, but again, I did have two of them, so I can't really talk. But those were the kind of things you got in in, in the 90s, those sort of toys. There was another thing called a Tamagotchi. Now, that had another screen on it, and there was a little kind of pixelated 2D image of some sort of creature called a, a Tamagotchi. Now, God only knows what the fuck a Tamagotchi was, but um, you'd have to feed it, you'd have to turn the lights off after it, you'd have to give it medicine, and it also used to go to the bathroom, so you'd have to digitally go onto this little screen 
If you're on Google now or you're close to computer, just type in Tamagotchi and you'll see how shit these things are. But at the time, it was like, oh my God, it's a Tamagotchi. We've got to feed this fella. And much like the fella before, you eventually, you were like, you know what? I've got things to do. This Tamagotchi can look after itself. That was, that was, uh, you know what I mean? Like, because life is busy enough as it was. You don't want to be fucking feeding a fucking computer. And then there was another thing that was very popular. Uh, trolls. Now, not the trolls that you get on the internet nowadays, but these lucky troll dolls where they had really spiky hair, alien-like heads, and they always had their arms out, ready for a hug, these fellas. And they were weird creatures, to be honest. And we still have a few of them in the house, probably stuck up in the attic, rotten away, never to be seen again. But you'd never know, maybe this is the year that we open up the attic and see what's in there. And I suppose the attic is, an, is a real thing of the past, too. A proper 90s kind of thing where anything you didn't want in your house, you'd throw it up in the attic. Whereas nowadays, I think people are much better at storage and stuff like that. And um, probably probably not throwing their stuff away up into an attic that'll never be seen again. Now, there's another fella called Elmo. You know, remember this fella from Sesame Street, the red lad? He had this toy that was very popular and all it was was a Tickle Me Elmo. And everyone had them and you'd call into someone's house for Christmas and you'd hear fucking Elmo going off in the corner going, Tickle Me! And it'd be funny the first few times, but then after a while then you'd be like, do you mind getting rid of that little fucking Elmo fella? Please, get him out of the house. Um, And... It was nice. They were nice to see, you know, there was a craze. That's the thing about Christmas presents. There's a craze for a while and then the novelty kind of wears off. That's why they'd be saying to you, don't be getting a dog. A dog's not just for Christmas. It's for the whole year. And I can understand where they're coming from because, again, the Tamagotchis or whatever it may be, is we fucked there into the corner mid-January to the end of January and it'd either be broken or never used again. And I mentioned before that I got a, a basketball ring and a basketball and I remember the basketball went flat and I just threw it there in the corner. And guilt, I still have the guilt of that, you know, instead of the guilt. Why didn't I get the ball pumped? Why didn't I chase my dreams to become the next Michael Jordan? But I suppose I just didn't have the time nor the skill. Um, there was another thing as well called the the dream phone. I uh, don't know if anyone ever owned out owned a dream phone. But basically, you had all the numbers on it. You'd press one number and they'd be sort of stuck audio on there and it'd be a fella going hi there how are you today can I speak to your manager and you know you press another button and it'd be like hi this is Mary I'm calling to see about the car so it was kind of getting you into the skill of being able to talk on the phone and that was really the height of it there was nothing else to be done with it Um, you know and the novelty was great for a while but again it was thrown in the corner Um, now that's that was more like aimed at women or girls. So my sisters used to get them. Yes, I played with their toys the odd time, but mainly I was playing with my own action hero, um, action man, I should call him. Um, I was never really much into the Ken doll. I never got that as a child. I was like, what do I do next? But I was talking to somebody about this during the week, and I was like, when you were younger, did you like uh, Barbie dolls or Ken dolls? I didn't open with that statement, but. Anyways, this uh, person was telling me that uh, they loved them because what they would do is with the Barbie and the Ken, they would get the two of them and have a fake conversation and throw in a bit of spice, they were saying. They'd be saying things like, oh, tonight um, some other fella's coming over and Ken would be getting all jealous. So it'd be the first sort of uh, introduction into drama or maybe it was something that the kids were seeing, you know. So... um, it's an interesting one anyways, but I was never really too much into the old action man, but I'd, I did have a few of his dolls back in the day. But one thing that I'll never forget, 
that I just remember today was years ago, you'd look at the catalogue and you'd be looking through the toys and you'd be so excited to get a toy. You'd be over the moon because there was no Amazon back in the day where you could just press a button now. But you'd be so excited for weeks upon weeks to get a toy. And I remember looking at this little digger and I wanted to get it for must have been in, I was looking at it since summertime and I was like, I'm going to get that digger Christmas. And I remember at the bottom, it was it it didn't say radio controlled. And I never really knew what radio control was at the time. I was like, I don't know what that means. So I got the toy and it was Christmas Day and I was so excited. I was like, And on the box, it was looking beautiful. It was a yellow and black truck and it came with a yellow and black digger. And what you do is you pretend or if you wanted to, you could take real clumps of earth or soil or whatever it is and dump it into the back of the tractor and trailer and you drive away, you know. And it was really, I suppose I was probably watching my own father doing it. So that's why I got that idea. But um I remember getting it anyways and then there was a cable on it and I was looking at it going for fuck's sake I have to be in the room with this thing all the time there was no getting away from it the cable was only about two metres long so the magic wasn't there and on top of that you'd go to your friend's house and some friends would have got really nice presents like radio controlled cars and they'd be playing with the radio controlled car in the house and they'd be flying around the different rooms but they wouldn't have to be attached to it like I was with the cable and I was always jealous of those people. And that just came to me today again um, when I discovered one thing, two things about Christmas that really shook me to the core was, number one, the radio control versus the cable toys. And number two, sometimes you'd see a toy and it'd say, it would say on the on the toy, on the magazine, it would say from 2099 or from, we'll say 1099 or from 1399 or whatever. And I never copped but sometimes then you'd go into the shop, you'd go in with your parents, you're like, I want that one there. And on the magazine, on the catalogue, it'd say 10.99, we'll say. But when you get into the shop, they'd be like, oh yeah, that's the 10.99 one on display, but you can't actually have that one because it's on display. But if you want these other ones, now these other ones, they're slightly different because they're not on display, but they cost you 25.99. So basically they were pulling the wool over our eyes. Now I'm just going to finish up with a couple of different gifts that were really popular. Um, one of the other ones was the Game Boy. I don't know if anyone um, is a fan of the Game Boy or you played the Game Boy. I was never too much into the Game Boy myself. I didn't really like that small screen. I preferred to have something that was, you know, something that you could kind of maybe play with someone else like uh, the likes of FIFA 98 or maybe Metal Gear Solid where someone could be watching you playing or you can be watching someone playing. I much preferred that. But the Game Boy was very much kind of like, you get away from me, I'm playing this little Game Boy here. But... It was very, very popular. Uh, I know my cousins always had a Game Boy up at the house and it seemed to bring hours of entertainment. But uh, I was never a big fan of the Game Boy. But I'm looking here at a list and the list is the most popular toys every year in the 90s. So we're going to start off with 1990. It was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures. And they were huge. Made 200 million at the box office. The movie did. And the toys dominated holiday season, selling more than 30 million toys before the end of the year. That's a lot of toys to be selling. 1991 was the Super Nintendo. If the NES was the defining home console of the 8-bit era, the Nintendo won again with the 16-bit Super Nintendo where you could play Super Mario Kart and what other games? You could play Dizzy Down the Rapids. There was loads of other games. I can't remember. Swiv, I think, was another one. All amazing, amazing games. 1992, Barney Doll. That was shite. 1993 was the Talk Boy. 
Um, you might have seen it in Home Alone 2 where you could kind of record your own voice or you could kind of sing into it or you could record a conversation and then play it back. Um, but again, it it was all right. Like, wasn't great. But 1994 was the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers toys. They, uh, the novelty would wear off fairly quickly now if you had them. You'd be kind of playing with them for about an hour and then you'd be like, yeah, get rid of them. Don't want them. 1995 was the Beanie Babies. Jeez, I never heard of them, fellas. 1996, we talked about the Elmo. Um, 97 was the Tamagotchi. 1998 was the Furby. 1999 was the Pokemon merchandise, which I kind of was getting a bit old in the tooth then for Christmas at that point. So it would have looked weird if I'd got into the old Pokemon. So I decided that was kind of the point where I would stop. Uh, being a child and enjoy my life as a pre-adolescent but 1990s the Pokemons established themselves as one of the biggest franchises in the world the Game Boy actually was very popular with Pokemon as well Um, between the games the trading cards and other merchandise it had the most toys sold during the holiday season of 1999 that was right before the potential Y2K meltdown where all technology in the world was meant to stop on the millennium 2000 but no 2000 came around and what was the big deal then? The Razor scooter. That was basically like, um, you know, the scooters you'd see around the cities now. Like one of those bad boys, except it'd have no engine on it. So you'd have to do the pushing yourself. Um, But I never got one of those because I live in the countryside. But I was always thinking to myself, I should buy one. But then what happened was the hipsters started using them. So if you go around the city in one of those... It's probably better for everything, really. Like, it's a bit of fitness for yourself and it's a bit of cruising to be done, but there's no real help out of it, except if you're going downhill. Whether it's those new ones with the engines on them, they seem like really nice uh, things to have and they're getting very popular, but maybe they're a bit dangerous too. This this Razor scooter, they were nice because you couldn't go too fast in them um, and they were a simple old setup, just an old right angle. You'd stand on it. And two handlebars would be there and there'd be no horn or nothing to beep or no bell or anything like that. So it was a nice, uh, simpler time, I suppose, what I'm trying to say. But anyways, folks, that's all I've got time for this week. Thank you so much for listening this far into the podcast. I know I've been rambling on for nearly 40 minutes now, so I really do appreciate um, you listening this far. And I want to thank everybody for uh, supporting the podcast, listening to the podcast throughout the year. Really do appreciate it. And if you've got any questions or you want to get in touch about anything, please don't hesitate. Uncolly at gmail.com. Or if you want to get anything off your chest, um, I'm always here to listen. So chat to you soon anyways. And have a lovely week leading up to the big man himself, Crimble.